Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On this edition of the Finsider Daily, come in and find out why we're doing this, what it's going to be, who's doing it, and what it means for you and your Miami Dolphins coverage moving forward from the Finsider.com, part of the SB Nation Network. On this episode, we also break down the news regarding the players on the physically unable to perform list. We take a look at the secondary position heading into training camp and also look at a few positions that may be worth watching as we head into Thursday. Join us on the Finsider Daily. Hello everybody and welcome to Finsider Daily, our new spin-off of Finsider Radio. That is right. Finsider Radio now has a spin-off. We are coming your way now. Five days a week. Yes, five days per week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We figured, you know what? There's a lot of Dolphins fans out there. A lot of Dolphins news to cover. One Finsider radio show per week, 30 to 45 minutes, is not going to cut it. And it took us a few years to get to this point, but we think we're ready to make this next step and bring you Dolphins coverage every day of the week because there's just so much to cover, especially with training camp starting later in the week on July 25th. That's Thursday. And, you know, as the season goes, as things happen during the week, it's just very hard for us to get to everything and to get to everything to you in a timely manner if we're only doing it one day a week. So what you'll see here is I'll be coming to you every Monday morning. Houts and Sun are not here with me tonight. They won't ever be with me on a Monday morning. Sutton will take Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings. So he'll be coming your way on Tuesday mornings. The three of us will get together on Wednesday night to record for you to release on Thursday morning. That will be a 45 to one hour show of Finsider Radio with the three of us. Houts is going to take the reins on Thursday morning. And then there will be a rotation of myself, Houts, and Sutton on Fridays throughout the year. So one week you might get me twice. The other week you might get Sutton twice. The other week you may get Houts twice and so forth. And again, it's just a way for us to bring you more football, more Dolphins all the time. So make sure you check podcasts, uh, your podcast app, your iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever uh, app you use or whatever service you have. Just be sure to check it out on a daily basis because Finsider Radio, Finsider Daily will be coming your way. As I mentioned, the Dolphins opening training camp this week. A lot of teams already have opened around the NFL and the rest of them who haven't will get started this week into next week. And ladies and gentlemen, preseason football is just about a week and a half away with the Hall of Fame game coming up right before that August 4th weekend where the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony takes place. Plenty of names happening there. Tony Gonzalez, tight end 
for the Chiefs and the Falcons leading the way on that card. Then the Dolphins get started with their preseason games and we rank into the regular season with the Baltimore Ravens on deck in week one. But first, there is plenty of things to talk about, plenty of things to do, plenty of time to get ready as the Dolphins head into training camp and use these next few weeks to really get their feet under them in new head coach Brian Flores' system. And a lot of transitions already happening with Jim Caldwell having to step aside due to an illness. Going to be a consultant the rest of the way. And we talked about this last week on Finsider Radio, how it's just not the same as someone being in the building all day and being that air for Brian Flores. So we do hope that there is enough other experience around Flores for him to navigate the waters during his first year as a head coach. Because let's face it, no matter how smart someone is, no matter how good of a coach he may end up being, that first year, you, you don't know what you don't know. So let's just hope there's enough experience around him, enough to go around the building for Brian Flores to lean on. Some news coming out on Sunday for the Dolphins. Dwayne Allen and Cordrea Tankersley, as well as Mike Hull, starting training camp on the physically unable to perform list. Now, for those of you who may not know what that means, in a nutshell, it's basically, you know, they have an injury they're cleaning up. They have something they're still rehabbing. They're just not able to go at it right away. Now, the good thing about this list is you can be activated anytime before week one. And while they may not practice until cleared by medical personnel, they can attend meetings and are eligible to work out with the team. So all is not lost. The only thing that won't be happening is they won't be on the field doing drills, taking part in um, 11-on-11s, 7-on-7s, and so forth. Now, they'll have that until the end of the summer to get ready to play. If they're not ready to play, they'll be placed on the regular season, physically unable to perform list, and they won't be eligible to practice or play for the first six weeks of the NFL season. So there is somewhat of a clock there for these guys, but you know they do have some time to get ready. The one I'm worried about is Cordrea Tankersley. He tore a knee ligament last November, so it's possible, quite possible actually, and almost likely that he won't be ready to go in the first six weeks of the season, especially if the Dolphins plan to maybe make him inactive or the th- uh, fourth or fifth cornerback on the team. There's really no sense in rushing him back from that. However, if he does kind of light a fire under himself and gets back on the field and starts making plays, then the Dolphins will obviously have more reason to get him ready for week one so he can contribute and make an impact. Now, we know Xavier Howard will be cornerback one Cornerback two is way up in the air. And when you look at the Miami Dolphins depth chart, there is not a lot of promise going on there. You have Bobby McCain, Mika Fitzpatrick, Jalen Davis, Walt Akins, Maurice Smith, and then a few other guys that you probably have never heard of. Montre Hartage, Nick Needham, Jamal Wiltz. And yes, Minka and Walt and Maurice are all safeties as well as T.J. McDonald and Rashad Jones. You pair all those guys with Eric Rowe, Torrey McTire, Cornell Armstrong, and you have a whole mix of people going in here. And we know, based on what the Patriots have done in the past and what Brian Flores is going to bring to Miami, is that these are all interchangeable. And the reason why I'm bringing these safeties into it is because we don't know where the Dolphins are planning on going with this. 
There were talks about Minka playing linebacker position, safety position, slot cornerback position, outside cornerback position. But he's really listed as a safety. You have guys like Walt Agins who may go up and down. There have been talks about Bobby McCain playing a little bit of safety in the OTAs and minicamps. So this is going to be really interesting to see. And I put this on Twitter the other day. And for me, my ideal situation, let's just play, let's just say the Dolphins are going to set these guys in a spot, right? And keep them there. They're not going to do a whole lot of moving around. They're going to let them play in their position, get used to it, and master it. Here's my ideal world. I would put Minka Fitzpatrick opposite Xavier Howard, okay? I know Minka played the slot in college. I know he excelled at Alabama in the slot. I know that's his best position. But I also know that Minka Fitzpatrick is good enough and showed last year to play other positions as well. And I think if given a chance, he can absolutely crush it at outside cornerback. And I also put him there not only because of that, but because of the other options on the team. We don't know about Eric Rowe, right? Eric Rowe, up and down career, trying to get back on track. He formerly played for the Patriots from 2016 to 2018. Was with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2015. He was a second round pick, 47th overall. Sixth cornerback drafted in 2015. In fact, the Eagles traded their second round pick and two fifth round picks, ironically enough, to the Dolphins, in order to receive the Dolphins' second round pick that was used to draft Rowe and also got a sixth round pick. Now, at that time, back in 2015, with Chip Kelly as the head coach of the Eagles, Rowe competed against another ironic thing, uh, former Dolphins cornerback Nolan Carroll. Rowe began the season as the third cornerback behind, again, Byron Maxwell, another irony, and Carroll. Now, after that year, right, they fired Chip Kelly. Rowe finished his rookie season with 31 combined tackles, five pass deflections, and an interception in 16 games and five starts. Then, in 2016, the Eagles hired Doug Peterson as their new head coach. Super Bowl winning head coach, Doug Peterson. That training camp, Rowe competed. Obviously, new staff, new new philosophies, and new everything else. Rowe competed against Nolan Carroll, Leotis McKelvin, Jalen Mills, and Ron Brooks. Rowe's time in Philadelphia was not long as he was traded to the Patriots in 2016, that same season. So he lasted one year. That's crazy. He lasted one year in Philadelphia after the Eagles traded up a bounty of picks for him and to draft him in the second round, and he's shipped off for a conditional fourth-round pick in 2018, which was last year. Now, Rowe was named the fifth cornerback on the depth chart behind Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Justin Coleman, and Cyrus Jones. He was actually inactive for the first five games due to an ankle injury. Week 7 was his first start as a Patriot. Recorded season-high six combined tackles and broke up a pass. That was against the Steelers. The Patriots won that game 27-16. But then he was inactive as a healthy scratch for the Pats Week 10 and sidelined during a Week 14 due to a hamstring injury. So there's some already 
you know, questions there as to his able to avoid injury and just production nonetheless. Then you look at 2017, and the Patriots moved him to Nickelback against Justin Coleman and Cyrus Jones, where he competed. Named the third cornerback on the Patriots' depth chart to start the season, so moving his way up behind Stephon Gilmore and Malcolm Butler. But again, week three against the Texans, due to a groin injury, he was sidelined. Further aggravated his groin injury and was inactive for seven games in weeks five through 12. Came back week 15. But due to injuries that season, was limited to only eight games and three starts in 2017, and only recorded 15 combined tackles and two pass deflections. Now that was the regular season. In the playoffs was a different story for Rowe, because he played, but it was kind of up and down. Against the Titans in the first round, um, sorry, in the divisional round, he started his first career playoff game, made five combined tackles, Patriots defeated the Titans. Following week, he made four combined tackles, broke up a pass, against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Championship game, and then started in Super Bowl in place of Malcolm Butler. We all know that decision and how that went down, where Malcolm Butler was benched prior to the game without any really knowledge, and the team was ticked off. In that game, Rowe recorded four solo tackles and broke up two passes. As we all know, the Patriots lost 41-33 to the Eagles. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because after the game, the Eagles coaching assistant stated that the Eagles offense was planning on targeting Rowe prior to Malcolm Butler's benching, as Rowe had previously played for the Eagles. The Eagles were planning to exploit a mismatch and predicted Rowe would have difficulty covering wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. Rowe allowed four reception on his nine targets for a team-high 80 yards and one touchdown in that Super Bowl. 2018, he threw out training camp, competed to be a starting cornerback against Jason McCourty. Belichick named Rowan Gilmore the starting cornerbacks in 2018. But on September 16th of that year, he was benched in the first quarter of the Patriots' loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars after giving up three receptions for 20 yards and a touchdown. He was inactive for the next three games due to a groin injury. Again, a pattern here. Injuries almost every season in the NFL. Placed on injured reserve in October with the groin injury. And then, as we all know, the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl that just happened several months ago. Then in March, with Brian Flores at the helm, Rowe signed a one-year, $3.5 million contract with the Dolphins. I bring up all that about Rowe because as of right now, he's penciled in as the starting cornerback across from Xavier Howard. And as you can see, sounds like he has good camps, right? But once those lights come out on Sundays, sounds like he struggles a bit. And you can say it's a new coaching staff, but the fact of the matter is that these Patriots coaches are here from my, are here in Miami from New England. So is much going to change? I don't know. But what I'm trying to tell you all is be warned about this. You may hear Eric Rowe is having a fantastic camp, as he did with the Patriots, as he did with the Eagles, to an extent. But don't be fooled. Let him produce on Sundays. And that's where I get to my previous point, which I mentioned about five, seven minutes ago. That's why you need to start Minka Fitzpatrick opposite Xavier Howard. And I know there are people who disagree with me on this. I know there are people who are going to say, put him in a slot, let him excel there. But we know Bobby McCain is one of the highest paid slot cornerbacks in the NFL. Keep him there. Don't put him on the boundary. We saw what McCain did last year when he was put on the boundary. The guy was exposed. He didn't have the speed to keep up with the bigger wide receivers. He was pushed around and so forth. 
He's a disaster on the boundary. Let him stay in the slot. Minka at the safety position, yes. Good. Not great. Bring Minka down. Put him opposite Xavier Howard. You have two of the best cornerbacks in the league, in my opinion, already one and two. McCain in the slot, you got it made. Three cornerbacks. Those are three fantastic cornerbacks. Put Rashad Jones in the back. We all know what he can do. And then, yes, pair him with TJ McDonald, but I know people are kind of iffy of McDonald and Rashad Jones both back there, but we also know he's going to be moving around. McDonald is, and Rashad Jones as well. Hell, if you need to play Rashad Jones as a single high safety, bring McDonald down to the box, play a little linebacker, or do whatever you got to do with him, that's fine with me. But again, if you got Xavier, you've got Minka, if you got Bobby McCain all playing on that line, it's going to be hard for some cornerbacks to get by these guys. So trust your guys up front. Trust them to jam the guys at the line. Trust them to hold them in coverage long enough where your defensive line can get to the quarterback. Yes, the Dolphins do need another safety in place of TJ McDonald. I agree with that. Maybe another cornerback as well to move Minka to safety if you want to do that. But they have some options here. So my ideal, again, would be Minka opposite Xavier, Bobby in the slot, Rashad and TJ in the back. I think if the Dolphins do that to start the season, I think they're going to be just fine as they battle the Ravens week one and other teams beyond that. Moving off from the cornerback position and the secondary, I asked on Twitter several days ago, besides the quarterback position, what Dolphins players are you most interested come training camp? For me, I'd like to see what Charles Harris can do under a new coaching staff. There's been a lot of talk about Preston Williams and all that he can bring to the table. And as I just mentioned, I'm anxious to see how the secondary situation is going to sort out. A lot of you responded on this. Now, 32 of you responded. Dan Scarminka said Jerome Baker, who we know, Matt Infante, Matty Infante, at Matty Infante on Twitter, says the Dolphins coaching staff inside the building believe Baker is poised for a breakout year. And uh, we've heard the same. And we cannot wait to see what this staff does with a guy who has sideline-to-sideline speed and can tackle and can play in coverage and can basically do it all. And I said, back then when he was drafted, I did not like the pick. A lot of us didn't like the pick. We thought it was overdrafted. But man, have we all been proven wrong and we are eating crow, which I love to do when it comes to the Dolphins. David Bolin wants to see how the defensive line and linebackers pan out. Shane Tyler is intrigued by the 274 tight ends that we've signed, and one of them has to rise to the top. Mike Gazicki, anxious to see what he does. Adam Gase totally used him the wrong way, as our good friend Mike, uh, I don't even know his last name, but from 4th and Inches, wrote a column on what happened with Mike Gazicki and what went wrong, and the whole column was two words, Adam Gase. And yes, that is so true. Adam Gase did not use him the right way. And uh, anxious to see what Gaziki can do. And also Dwayne Allen, who I mentioned at the top of the show. On the pup list, back in May, Brian Flores didn't detail the nature of Allen's injury, but said he's dealing with a little something. Could mean an e-scope, could mean something else. But uh, hopefully it's not too serious. Doesn't sound like it's serious enough where he's going to miss any part of the regular season. But you have them him there as well. Also on the Dolphins' tight end depth chart, you got Nick O'Leary, who I know we all liked last year, Durham Smythe, Clive Walford, Chris Mayarick. Interesting to see what's going to happen there with O'Leary and Smythe. 
Uh, that's going to be a battle that's going to be worth watching, especially because Smythe was drafted last year, and Nick was brought on um, and, and played significant snaps after he was brought on. So, you look at those, you look at those positions, and you say, "That's what. Let's let them battle out." And that's what training camp is for. Jose Villabieta says the offensive line as a unit. You look at the offensive line depth chart. You got Chris Reed slotted in at left guard, and he'll be battling Michael Dieter, draft pick this year. Larry Thompson, left tackle. He's penned in there. He's inked in. Daniel Kilgore will be your starting center. Jesse Davis looks like he'll be your starting right guard. And there's going to be a battle at right tackle between guys like Jordan Mills, Zach Stirrup, and Isaiah Prince, the draft pick of this year. Obviously, the coaching staff probably rooting for Isaiah to grab hold of that job. We'll see. But again, a lot of questions there as well. A lot of questions all over this team, training camp and the regular season. Paul Jones says Chandler Cox. Sounds like the Dolphins are going to be using a fullback this year. And for me, I am all about those fullbacks. I love fullbacks. Whenever I play Madden, I always sign a fullback. I think fullbacks are one of the most underrated positions in the NFL. And I'm glad to see the Dolphins possibly bringing him back, bringing that position back and using Chandler Cox in that role. That's going to be awesome. Other guys had some obvious uh, ones like Christian Wilkins, Devon Gottschall. Christian Wilkins, obviously, first-round pick for the Miami Dolphins. Everyone wants to see what he's going to do, but I'm not too concerned about that. I think he's going to make his impact and know him pretty fast. Again, lots of questions for the Dolphins head into training camp on Thursday. Houts and Sutton will have you covered when their solo shows come on this week on the Finsider Daily. And we'll be convened together all on Wednesday night to record to drop a pod on Thursday morning. We're going to have a full training camp primer for you. We're going to run down every positional group, tell you everything you need to know, who to watch for, and how we think it's going to shake out as we approach the regular season. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at KanataPFN, C-A-N-N-A-T-A-P-F-N. Visit us at FinsiderRadio.com. And as you all know, of course, how Sutton and I, along with a few others like Infante, Brett Yaris, and Ryan Roscoe, and a whole bunch of committed and passionate staff, Run ProFootballNetwork.com, so we appreciate you checking that out as well. That's going to do it for our first edition of Finsider Daily. We hope you enjoyed it. More of this coming your way every single day of the week until the end of the regular season. Again, this is Matt Kanata as your host of today's Finsider Daily. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yeah.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.